Yeah, we've been uh, checking Jeremy Booth's career stats and all the teams he's played that's not, for. Let's need to do that. <laughs> Elmira Pioneers, the oh, Sussex okay. Skyhawks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, how about the San Luis Algo Dineros? Do you have that? That is that is nowhere to be found. And yeah. in fact, this uh, the baseball cube has all the little logos for all the oh, teams you played for yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have. Um, those are minor, those are the minor league clubs, the independent league clubs. It's uh, yeah. doesn't have. It doesn't have the the Mexican minor league and called the Norte Sonora. No. Which, which just south of California in the western part of the, of the country. And as I was living in California at that time, people people go down there, play part-time, make some money, hit some home runs, put some stats up. And in Mexico at the time, they didn't pay the fee to the house sports data. So all the, so they had to, they kept them down there. Only the Mexican big league did that, but um, it was scouted, got out of there a couple of times. It was good. What are, you, what are you importing, sir? Oh, baseball statistics, house sports data won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we are recording this on January 27th. It is one day after the Astros have named dana brown as their new general manager before we get to that i think the big news on january 27th is that jeremy has a phone in his house that rang okay. for the first time ever during an interview on espn radio 97.5 with paul gallant our friend paul gallant you were on his show and you were in the middle of answering something about dana brown and the astros and all of a sudden <laughs> And you paused and it was, we're all, everybody was like, what is going on? Well, I mean, me and Paul who were listening and you later told me that phone has never rang before. Not really. I looked over at this phone right now. It's off. I don't know what happened. I'm not even sure how it works anymore. You know, it's all cell phones. I don't know if landlines even, even exist. I know that, um, I know that, I know that I had to get it with Comcast or Xfinity. So We'll yeah, all, all I could think of was, hello, program 15, please hold. Yeah, I happen <laughs> as, to Jer- as Jeremy is doing, as Jeremy is doing his interview, <laughs> that way he has somebody answering the phone saying, Jeremy Booth uh, is busy right now. Please hold program 15, please hold. I, don't, I mean, I feel like I, don't, I didn't miss a beat, though. I kind of. No, you didn't. Up. No, you uh, didn't. Uh, phone's ringing. Bang. So. All right. Uh, Dana Brown. Big news around Houston, obviously. The consensus, people are very happy about the hiring of Dana Brown. He certainly checks a lot of boxes when you look at what the Astros seem to have been looking for. I know today uh, with Paul Gallant, you talked about some of the things that potentially could go wrong with Dana Brown or things that might not turn out the way Astros fans hope. I think a question of like, what is Dana Brown's first order of business is a bit, I don't know if that's a great question either, because his first order of business, Jeremy, is he's got to go around and meet everybody because he does not know many people in this Astros organization, which he stated on Thursday during his introductory news conference. Um, Good thing for Dana Brown, if that's his order of business or his first order of business, that it's a short list because the Astros have the smallest baseball operations department in the game. Okay. And it's not even really close. So, uh, you know, Jeff Luno and James click had pretty much operated on a skeleton crew for you know, the entire last, for the last decade. So it's, um, it's, it's not going to take too long. It's not gonna take too long to get the lay of the land. 
he's going to need some help. He's going to need to get acclimated and get maybe a little head start on some things of the organization that he may not really know yet. Um, you know, obviously he's got some history with Craig Biggio going back to Seton Hall. Um, he's going to obviously have some history now with Jim Crane. Um, where maybe he's played against Bagwell, I think, in the Cape, you know, but as far as like some of the stuff that he really knows and doesn't know, um, I mean, this, this place is, is different from what he's used to. It's different from Atlanta. It's different than Toronto. It's different than uh, Washington. Um, you know, he's he's going to have to – there's there's some things to, to figure out because the way this place is operated is not the way that he has done business or done or operated at all in the time he's been in the game. Let me ask you this. Because the two of you have, I guess I could say, similar backgrounds, right? You both played professionally. You drove all those miles. You scouted the Bush Leagues, the backyards, places that some people have probably never heard of. If you're Dana Brown and knowing what you know about the Astros, what would be your first? I know presidents have like, this is my hundred day plan. This is what I want to do in the first hundred days. What would you want to do in your first 30 days if you were in Dana Brown's shoes? Well, the big league team, um, let me back up. Dana Brown is coming in here. And, and, and I can say this now because, you know, I, I couldn't for a couple of months. I'm just, I couldn't for a couple of months. I'm going to say this now. Dana Brown is coming in here at a very handicapped time. And I think that's kind of on purpose. Now, um, I say that because Jeff Bagwell has had such a big voice here um, that, I, you know, he even made the comment at uh, FanFest, well, we're running, we're running, find the way we are. Okay. No, they're not. There, there's a lot of things that internal that they're not. If he's talking about the big league club, Jim Crane did that work already. He knows how much he wanted to spend. He's way under the south, the the, the CBT. Um, you know, he has more room than he's ever going to live into to get there. He's had a profitable organization for a while. Jim Crane's made his decision on what he wanted to do financially for time. You know, and with that, Dana coming in here now, uh, anybody coming into this situation now makes it hard to bring anybody with you. You can't go get anybody from other organizations. And, you know, people who are free agents, um, you know, as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, are going to have some reservations. There's really no other way to say that. And I, I can say that as somebody who has watched this one closely for a few reasons, um, knowing the people that were involved. And um, I mean, I just, I'm not going to go down the road with who, but I will say this, cause I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really care anymore. I will say this. Um, I absolutely consulted with several of these guys, you know, on how to go ahead and approach this interview and what they were walking into. And um, you know, what was necessary internally, what was necessary. And as I watched this, there was opportunities to make decisions for myself on what was going to happen. And I can tell you as a free agent, now we've talked before that I'm very, very happy where I am. Okay. You know, nothing against these guys, uh, nothing against what's over there, but there what's over there doesn't seem real enviable right now. And, and I'm not saying that to be, uh, difficult. It doesn't seem real enviable. I, 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 Dana's got a lot to do. So the very first thing he's got to do after meeting people is make sure the amateur draft is free agent draft is, is running properly because that's the first obstacle he's got. He doesn't have, really have a pro scouting department. He's got a player personnel guy in there. He doesn't really have an international department. International is behind him. First thing he's got to do is make sure the amateur draft is right, which is why they did it right now because he's got that that preparation from last year. Um, I promise you this, the guys who are there now aren't making the pick, no matter what he says. 
that's just not happening. With the record they've had, with the guys the way that Dan has been able to handle the draft, there is less than zero chance that these guys are not going to make the pick this time around. And you know what? Deservedly so, because they don't deserve to sit in the chair and make the pick anymore. How about that? How about, how about, let's just, you know what, well, hold, hold on. They don't deserve to sit in the chair and make the pick anymore. Okay. Dan is here to get the the draft right, to get the process right, to understand how scouting talks to PD. And that's the first order of business is getting to understand, a handle on what they have in the big league club and getting that draft running correctly. Then he can turn his attention to player development. And then during spring training, it's going to be a lot of, hi, my name is Dana. You are. And basically going around and introducing himself to everybody in the minor league staff and the major league staff and who does what and what's your role and how long have you been here? Because James Click, we saw the same thing with James Click when he first came. He he was, I can remember him walking from field to field and and it, it was, and he comes during a time right when the pandemic strikes, like a, right. you know, a little bit later. So he was really behind the eight ball because uh, there were a lot of people in that building at Minute Maid. I don't think he had met for, at least in person, until months and months later. So, um, you know, as I pointed out on KHO 11 News on Thursday night, there was one thing on Dana's resume. Yes, everybody will look at his time with the Braves and the Nationals, the Expos, the Blue Jays, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing that was kind of mentioned on the resume that they posted was that he's former. It's funny. It said accolades. I don't know if this would really be an accolade, but he said former teammates with Craig Biggio at Seton Hall. But a big, big key to all this was his him. You know, he played. He played the game. He played professionally, made it to double A. And, um, you know, that was something that was brought up by Jim Crane in the news conference, as well as Jeff Bagwell after it, that he gets it. He gets it from the baseball player's perspective. And yes, he is, he does this job, like a lot of people in the game, the people that 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 you are big proponents of, they 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 mold and and, and mesh the two schools of thought together. And that's really encouraging from the perspective of what this organization needs. But again, and I don't want to harp on what we talked about the last time, you just wonder how much influence he will truly, truly have given the voices that are in that inner circle. And I guess how strong those voices seem to be at this point, at this stage. Well, I'm, I'll say it this way. I think that's all very valid. And I, I think that in a lot of ways that's good. I think what you just found in your decision-making process, and I mean that with candidates who either didn't get the job or backed or backed away or pulled their name out. And, you know, there's, despite what, what was reported, the situation as presented wasn't as appealing to some people as, as people may think. Okay. Um, and let me say it this, let me say it as direct as I can, because we all know that's just kind of what I do. Um, if, if, if they're pointing out that seeing the player's perspective, is is the is the one thing that comes so you listen to what they're saying we're running well the way we are seeing the player's perspective some of the things they didn't do they should have done like Vasquez or a Wade Miley or backing it up with Tucker Barnhart 
or even signing a Lebanese DS. I mean, we're talking about a club that's, you know, so far under the CBT, they could have brought all those guys back and made their club better with, with or without Yuli Gurriel, give themselves better depth in the infield, another two World Series behind the plate with a guy they barely use, by the way. And a left-handed starter is pretty serviceable at $5 million, you know, is what he signed for. It gives them some, some depth on Brown and McCullers. They didn't do any of that. They rode with their hearts and players 99% of the time when they're evaluating what's happening with the club and other players, they do it with their heart. You can't evaluate and build rosters that way. You can't do it if you're Dusty Baker. And, and, I, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. You can't go ahead and go with a rookie catcher. If this is the reason, because you like him because he played with your kid at Cal. You can't do that. I'm not saying that's the reason, but if that had anything to do at all, it's a miss. It has to be objective and it has to be correct with what you're doing for your club. And if you're Jeff Bagwell and now you've got a voice finally, what he's basically telling you is I'm not losing my voice. I'm a player. So is Reggie. So these other guys, we have a huge voice here. You got to be able to deal with it. Now that's part of it, but it doesn't mean that's the deciding factor. You cannot build rosters with your heart. You have to build rosters with your eyes and your head. And it's interesting, Jeremy, before Dana Brown was officially hired, Jim Crane was on the purple carpet at the Houston Sports Awards and was telling us about how well things were going and the people have in, they have in place really do a good job. So it it is it is interesting, right? Like they're doing a good job, but yet we're looking at this shift away from what was done in the past is it is there a good chance that that a number of Houston staffers should feel pretty good about their place in the organization because of what Jim Crane has gone on record by saying that you know we're really good at this and we have a lot of capable people or do you think he is just putting on a very nice disposition for the public and the underlying issues are there and he knows them. And that's why a guy like Dana Brown fits what he believes this job should entail. Yes. <laughs> I think Jim was Don't doing you find it interesting or do you think that's just an owner playing nice? I think Jim was playing nice. I think he was doing a good job of, um, he was doing a good job of telling the media who was asking him questions and deservedly so, and don't think he didn't enjoy every bit of this. He did. Okay. Um, really? I think, because I, I, I don't think he did. He, he enjoyed taking his time and doing it his way. And okay. whatever comes with that is what comes with it. Now I'm not beating the guy up for it. I, I personally thought it was pretty good theater. You know, is it the way baseball runs? No, but I don't think anything about this organization in the last decade has been about how baseball runs. So why start now? Right. So if we're going to go this way, you know, I, I, I feel like Jim uh, did it, took his time. He's every right to do it. He's the owner, took his time, did what he wanted to do. Um, and I just, I enjoyed it. Now back to, to what you're talking about, about Houston. He's not going to come out in the media. He's not going to start ripping people. You know, he's not going to come out in the media and start saying, well, this guy's got to go. And this guy's got to go. That's what he's got me for. I'll turn around. I say, this guy's got to go, and this guy's got to go. I'll do it. Now, I, I wasn't doing it before, and then we had a little turn of events, okay? And, and that turn of events was, oh, uh, how do I say this? Ooh. Um, Maybe not unwise. say anything at all. Maybe not say anything yeah, at all. Let's just say, let's just, let's say unwise. It lacks some integrity. It was not great to 
to witness some of these things that were going on. Now, I don't care personally, but when it comes to what, evaluating that situation, not good, just not good. So, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm actually going to enjoy this a little bit. I'm going to enjoy this. I, you know, I actually started a new LLC, you know, we're in the state of Texas. We have, I have multiple businesses. You know, I got stuff I do. I started a new LLC. You'll like it. Okay. It's called Booth Moving Services. Okay. And what it is, is I, I got, I rented a couple of, I got a couple of trucks, right? Got a couple of trucks and I, I got some suitcases and some tubs and it's a one-stop shop. And what we're going to do is we're going to pack you up and we're going to put your stuff in the, in the trailer and we are going to move you out of town. That's what we're going to do. And, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to make sure we relocate. It's a relocation program. You know, we have a witness protection program. We have all kinds of things, you know, that will cover your transportation. And I don't know where you're going to go, but you can't stay here. That's, that's, that's all I know. I don't know where you're going to go, but you can't stay here. Now, yes, yeah, some of those people will be retained. That's just the way it goes. You're not going to come in and fire everybody. But some of those people... Uh, or on the midnight train to wherever. It, it, I don't. I don't care where. I won't. I don't. I'm not going to write Christmas cards. I'm not going to miss them. <laughs> Sorry. Time to go. So that's what's. Uh, that's what's going to happen. But you know, there, there's the organizations and all bad. I think some of the people that are really good people have been suppressed. Certainly in player development, suppressed in what they can do. They can't say it. But once again, okay. And that's what they, uh, that they haven't said a whole lot. And I, I'm excited to see what the people that have this type of knowledge can do when they're allowed to unlock it. And that's on both sides. On the scouting department, I said, we said this the other night, it ain't exactly all their fault if they got six guys running the whole planet. You know what I mean? So they got to get some people in there and do it. But on the other side of it, some of the people that are making, have made some picks and decisions have, um, it's 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 golden sombrero after golden sombrero after golden sombrero after another and I know a thing about swinging and missing because I've done some of that in my lifetime okay and that's kind of what's gone on so um I'm having fun with it because it's overdue not that I'm celebrating um what you know individual I just I don't like seeing people do things for selfish interest that hurt the ball club because that hurts the city and the integrity I have and belief I have in the game, mind you, while not having any desire whatsoever to go back and write more reports and be on the road to, I'm not, I would never, and I do mean never do that again where I was out. I'm not doing that. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with what I do. So it ain't, it ain't it. It's just, there's an integrity in what goes on there. And um, some people there are lacking it. It doesn't surprise me because I've known for some time, but it doesn't surprise me that you assisted some candidates because oh. you you will speak the truth. And seriously, when it comes to oh. what this organization needs and what the direction that perhaps this organization should swing to or move to, it doesn't oh. surprise me at all. You tell it like it is, and we've known for some time that there's some people over there who don't like you for telling people the way it is. You know what's cool? You know what's funny about that, Jeff? I mean, to interrupt you. I lost exactly zero sleep over that over the last several years. Like, I don't mean like one wink, like not at all. I sat back the other day and I was like, you know, these people don't like me. It was fast. I, I'm good. 
Uh, but you're right. They don't like they, a lot of some guys don't like me because some guys got really thin skin, like Charmin thin. You know, the softness you can see, you know, that type of stuff. It is ridiculous what they are, but it doesn't matter. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say what I want to say. I'm gonna sit and be direct about it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna mislead anybody. Um, I tell the truth. Can't handle the truth, do better. Well, I mean, listen, you're not infallible. You've made mistakes, you've owned up to them. I mean, we've talked about them on this podcast. So it mm -hmm. it it um it's just really interesting to see how this shook out. And you had said they need to hire somebody and do it quickly, but Jim Crane's going to take his time. And that's what Jim Crane did. And he found a guy that was old school, but also new school that brings the two together. As far as we know, the one thing that Dana Brown really doesn't have, which you believe the candidate, the main guy should have is experience. And we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't think any, but I, I don't think there's any general manager or head coach hire that you go in feeling that this guy is a slam dunk. I mean, look, look into football. People thought Urban Meyer was going to be a slam dunk for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We saw how that turned out. You just yeah, don't I, know. You just don't know. I think, I think in this game, you know, there's a lot of people that have – the wrong the wrong term to use here for Dana is skip the line because he certainly didn't skip the line. Um, there's a lot of people that skip steps. We don't know what Dana learned and what he didn't learn with Alex Anthopoulos. We don't know that. We, we know he was involved in um, – you know, Brian Parker was a scouting director, for example, in Toronto. Dana was above that, next to Alex, right? In Atlanta, Dana was VP of scouting. We don't know exactly what that means. You know what the title is. We don't know exactly what that means, Right. What I do know is the guy's been around the game 35 years. And I know that he has his way of doing things and that he's not afraid to voice his opinion. And he's got, he, he better have some thick skin with him. That I can tell you for sure. You know, I, I, I've had dinner with Dana. I've sat with him in different parts of the country. I've been on planes with Dana. And, um, you know, for those people out there who, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell at all because that's not the way to say. But what I will tell you is when I tell you multiple candidates, I mean multiple candidates in this thing. I was very um, aware we're involved in, and and Jason had some information that some other people probably were going to be surprised. I'm about to tell you with all the, some of the, the torching things I've said to some of the people that are there now that are a little bit afraid of me, but I knew all this stuff was going on and who and what and where before winter meetings. Okay. And I had all this stuff right here and said nothing. You want to know why I was quiet? That's why I was quiet. Two and a half. I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. And at the end of the day, no matter what you think about somebody next to you or somebody else out there, you have to do what's best for the organization. I believe Jim Crane, in whatever his way, his way, whether it's Bagwell, Reggie, Dusty, whatever, his way, this is what he thinks is best for the direction of his, his organization. You can't fault him for doing it, for, for making that decision. Now, how it works out, it's going to rest with him. Right. Just like James Click won a World Series, was the right guy to shepherd him through. He's not here anymore. That's also, by the way, a new league record. First time in 75 years that happened. So, you know, you have a situation where an owner's going to do what he wants to do um, and he's going to do it his way. And you got to respect that. But understand what you're walking into here and who's around and um, what the resources are. I am very comfortable that Dana can handle that. I will. Uh, one last thing on Dana. I don't think the team and I haven't met Dana yet. Um, I don't think the team did him any favors, though, by 
having him post this message on Twitter. Hi, this is Dana Brown coming to you from Houston at Minute Maid. I'm excited about being here, this new challenge. Um, there's a winning tradition here, and I want to continue that. I think they they don't know Dana, but I, I just that, – that came across a little stiff for me, and I, I just – yeah, I just don't know if that was the right move. Um, I know – I understand what they were trying to do, but it just it just didn't work for me. Well, you know, look, lots of times guys that are scouts, they're taught to stay away from the camera, away from the limelight. Don't talk to people. It's not about you. That's how scouting is. And so when you have people that aren't used to – Dana's just not used to be in front of the mic like that. You know, it's the biggest day of his life for his career. He's a general manager. It's a historic moment, you know, to be honest with you, because there haven't been too many black general managers in the game. We don't want to say that. And I, I do want to come back to that, so don't let me forget that. Um, but – it's, it's a historic moment, but it represents a shift. This is a shift. This is a team in Houston that arguably took what Oakland, which, by the way, hasn't won a pennant or a parade, and Boston, who won some World Series, took that to an entirely different, ridiculous level and turned the industry on its ear by firing anybody that had half a sense or whatever won a jockstrap. Okay? And so when you turn that back around, now you've got a guy, like you said, with all these things with Dana Brown, this is Jim Crane reversing it. Right. This is Jim Crane changing things. And um, it's it's a big deal. No matter which way this hire was going to go, it was going to take, take some things back um, to a different school of thought to try to blend some things and go forward. Um, and so so for Danny, he's just not used to doing it. He's not used to being he's not used to being on the uh, in front of the mic. You know, I, I know this. I've had a pretty good teacher myself the last seven years. So since I know Dana, I can turn around and help him get in front of the microphone and be pretty good. Well, I've found he was pretty good when people are posing him the questions. But as you know, it's when when they're just like, here, here's the microphone. Go. It takes training. And I just feel like the Astros put him in a very awkward position doing that. But to go back. Um, yes. Dana Brown, black general manager. You have Dusty Baker, black field manager and. Thankfully, I was looking it up and then it occurred to me and then I looked and some other people had it. It's the first time since the White Sox with Kenny Williams and Jerry Manuel. So I guess there's your segue to whatever else you wanted to. Yeah, to so talk here's, about here's what I here's what I want to say, because we live in the state of Texas and and it's and I, I love it here. I've been here 15 years. I love Houston. Um, you know, there, there would be very, very few circumstances where I could see myself leaving, you know, ever. Um Around the country, this the city get and the state gets a little bit maligned, right? For some of the stuff that happens with with some of the governor you may not agree with, or some of the way that things go on here. But if you think about it, and I'm not going to get political at all when I say this, there was a, a gigantic surplus, and the first thing the governor did was try to turn it back to the people, right? So it's not we're not they're not sitting here running things backwards and sideways. Where I grew up in Los Angeles, and I promise you, where I spent a bunch of time in Boston, I mean ridiculously so in Boston, okay? there, This Dana Brown being a general manager and Dusty Baker being the manager would be heart-stopping, life-living news. L.A. less than Boston. In Boston, you have people commit jumping out windows. Oh, my God! They can't handle it up there because of the way they're, they're, they're cultured. Um, Houston was like, so? You know, it's like, so? We're supposed to look at that? He's here. Is he can't do the job or not. We don't, don't care. And Houston, Texas, as somebody who has been here 15 years and grew up in Los Angeles, California, I can tell you that I have never been prouder in my life to be a citizen here. 
um, be part of this community, to have adopted this as my home because you did not care one bit about anything about that. You're like, yeah, why is that a thing? Is he good? Are we going to win? Great. Nobody cared. Nobody well, listen, cared. when, when we right. go to get, when we go to sporting events here, Jeremy, this is one of the few cities that I've seen that you when you go to a game here, you see a cross section of what the population is like it. it It's everybody, all colors, all races, everything. And it, it reflects the city. And in our travels, we haven't always seen that among the baseball parks and stadiums and cities we've gone to. I mean, I got to tell you, I, I have never been prouder at any point, as much as I love it here, as much as I love the way that people communicate and the flow of life and, and, and um, you know, just the, the, the fan, the, I mean, the fan base, what, love me or hate me with what I say about how the Astros were good or not, or what they've done. You know, it's, it's a great place to be. And I've never been prouder at any point than how they've received this dynamic. It was pointed out on Twitter and in the new, in the media, people are like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Why are we even discussing it? Is that one person even said, I loved it. I more than one, but one I saw, I said, why are we talking about that? Like, does that matter? Is that what we're supposed to see? And it's because it's so momentous everywhere else. In Houston, it's just it's just Wednesday. Like, no one cares. You know, we have, a, we have our mayor's black. No, no one cares. It's just Wednesday. Listen, we, every one of our every one of our major professional sports, Dynamo excluded, black manager or head coach. Yeah, it's what Houston's had. Houston is Houston is so diverse and so balanced that all they care about is who you are. They don't care about the color your skin is. There's going to be, you know, uh, I'll say it's going to be idiots everywhere that decide they're going to evaluate you like that. But for the most part, man, I've never been proud. I'm so thankful to live here at a time in this city when all they saw was, can you help us win or not? I don't care what you look like. And now something that I'm just so fed up with, I'm just so done with these they they pop up on Twitter from now. I we didn't talk about this beforehand. These MLB now top 10 position rankings. Jeremy, the top 10 at shortstop, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Corey Seeger, Francisco Lindor, Dansby Swanson at six, Bo Bichette at seven, Willie Adamas at eight, Tim Tim Anderson at nine, and Wander Franco at 10. Listen, I think Jeremy Pena potentially could be on this list, but I, I'm just so fed up with these top tens. But listen, I don't know if the people making them do this on purpose so that we'll talk about them, but I'm just so fed up with these because it's you look at it and you're like, who 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 came up with this list? Well, I'll tell you who came up with it. And I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'd, I'd be shocked if it's not Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. OK, and those no, guys, it's not. Th those guys do the prospects. And, they wouldn't and, be doing they, this. They they let's say do all of it, okay. And I'm not sure that it's, I'm not saying it's them, but they're, I don't they're think the ones, so. They're the ones that control the pipeline. Twitter last I, I don't think so. I'm telling you, there's it's the those guys miss more things than it's it's unbelievable how how incorrect they are with what stuff with most of the stuff they put out there, especially for now, the draft. Now Willie uh, Willie Adamas though, I mean he had a good year last year. Did you yeah, realize they're good, they're good? They're good players. But it, it, thirty-one it, homers and ninety-eight runs driven in last year for the Brewers. I didn't realize that. No, he's look. He's a good player, but Pena Pena won a Gold Glove as, as a rookie. I mean, you the know, first one ever. Yeah, he be, he belongs on that list. Where I don't know, but he belongs on the list. So, 
um, you know, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with that and, wh- and where that goes as far as what it looks like at the end, because I'm sure they'll do it again at the end. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if he's Tim Anderson at nine. Pena belongs somewhere in the 10. I don't know that I'd argue the first five or six, but he, argue, he belongs somewhere in the 10. Did you look at MLB.com's top 100 baseball prospects? I did. Okay. Yeah. And once again, a lot of your guys, right? Blind squirrel, Jason. Blind squirrel. Hunter Brown at 43 seems a bit low to me. It's all about ceiling and upside and roll. I mean, but isn't there a guy, isn't a guy like that with that kind of arsenal? Isn't that high ceiling? It's high ceiling to me. No, he's not. I wouldn't take him ahead of some of the other guys in that list. I've seen him. Like I'm not taking Hunter Brown over Ricky Tiedemann. No way. I'm not taking Hunter well, Brown. Tiedemann's left-handed. So, so right there, right? Yeah. But I'm not taking over Zach Bean. I'm not taking him over Jordan Walker. I'm not, I mean, so, that's not, that's not a terrible list. I mean, Hunter Brown is a kid that's got a good arm, just got it to the big leagues. It's it's back, you know. People are talking talking like it's Verlander. It's probably a mid rotation upside, uh, back of the back of the rotation probably best based on command and control. And if he's in the bullpen, he's just going to blow. So we don't we don't know, you know, what he's going to be. But uh, position players over pitching when it comes to that stuff, they play every day. All right. Well, I was going to do um, name Jeremy's teammate today. Um, uh-huh. What I had done was I started looking through Dana Brown's teammates. Yeah. To see if you had any connection with any of, see if you played with any of Dana Brown's teammates. And after a few minutes, I gave up. So, yeah, there's about a 10 year gap between Dana and no, I. No, not, no, not 10 years. Dana's 56, 55. Yeah, but he stopped playing in 91. You started. So, there's guys I'm sure that were still kicking Six around. Years. Yeah, yeah. Kicking around the, the Northern League. Anywhere, Atlantic League, Northern League. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that's going to wrap up this edition of the Extra Bases podcast. Um, as you can see, it's not a work day for me. But yes, it is a work day for me. It's always a work day for Jeremy. Jeremy will be on Sports Extra on Sunday night on KHOU 11. Um, I feel like this is pretty good, Jeremy. We're once a week again. Well, for two ahead. straight weeks. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, was this twice this week? Actually, it is twice this week. So that means we can take next week off. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think there's a lot to break down with this team and what they're going to do with the organization and some of the players that may, you know, as the draft that the Astros should be targeting. I think maybe we can start doing stuff like that so yeah. we get a sense of it. But there, there's some there's some things this club still has to do to to shore up the infield and and their catching situation is unsettled. I don't care what <laughs> pitching, you are. pitching. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's start at least one starter short. So, yeah, um, there's, there's things to discuss. And maybe we can do it on location. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can do one with Dana Brown. I'll talk to Dana about it. See what he says. I'll go through the proper channels as well. So, all right, okay. everybody, that's going to do right. it for another extra bases for Jeremy. I'm Jason. Till next time. Bye.